We all have an agenda, a preferred path, motivated by the things we want, when we want them, and how we want them. That's human. That's natural. But we are called to be supernatural. What does this look like in real time? How can we set aside our agenda to join God in his kingdom agenda? We'll talk about it tonight on Agenda, God's Plan. Hey friend, we're going to jump right into scripture today. So if you have your Bible with you, you can turn with me to John 6, 16 through 21. Again, that's John 6, 16 through 21. You could jot it down in your notebook to go back and read later, or just tune in if your hands are busy and I'll read it to you. John 6, 16 through 21 says, when evening came, His disciples, referring to Jesus, went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. Darkness had already set in, but Jesus had not yet come to them. A high wind arose, and the sea began to churn. After they'd rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. He was coming near the boat, and they were afraid, but he said to them, It is I. Don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him on board, and at once the boat was at the shore where they were heading. I want to talk to you today about agendas. An agenda is defined by the good old dictionary as the underlying intentions or motives of a person or group. Basically, an agenda is what someone really wants to do and why. So for example, when my son comes up to me out of the blue, grabs me tight, and declares that I'm the best mom ever, I'm not unaware that he probably has an agenda that includes him getting something he wants. In life, we all have plans, things that we'd like to work out a certain way. I think we'd be dishonest if we said we didn't. Who doesn't have preferences? Like, I love God. I want to serve him and be obedient. I also would prefer to do that without having to suffer. (laughs) Is that guaranteed? No, but can I prefer it? Sure. If it were completely left up to me, would my agenda, my intentions, my motives lean toward a pain-free and happy life without question? But as believers, we are challenged to set aside our agenda, what we would prefer, what we want to do, when, how, and where we want to do it. Does that sound unfair? What if you could trust that God's agenda far exceeds what you could ever imagine or create for yourself, that his intentions for you and towards you are better than any you could have for yourself. What if God's agenda includes using you in ways that gives you purpose and satisfies the deepest needs of your soul? Would you consider it then an unmatched, incomparable, and sometimes unpredictable God-sized agenda? Let's go back to our scripture. Can I give you a little bit of context? Thank you. These scriptures that we read from John 6 come on the heel of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. After performing this miracle, Jesus withdrew and went up to the mountains by himself because he knew the intentions or agenda of the Jewish people he just fed. They wanted to take him by force and make him king. However, that wasn't Jesus's plan, and it certainly was not his agenda. That same evening after the miracle was performed and Jesus is withdrawn into the mountains, his disciples are found on the shoreline getting into a boat. It was getting dark, scripture says, but Jesus hadn't yet joined them. 
the disciples then decided to go ahead and row off across the sea towards Capernaum without Jesus. Now, this appears to be a minor detail, but in actuality, it's big. Think about it. The disciples' purpose was to accompany Jesus, to be taught by and to follow Jesus. So if Jesus is not in the boat, then where are they going and why? The disciples more than likely had spoken to Jesus previously about where their next stop would be. So while they knew that he intended to go to Capernaum and that they were expected to go to Capernaum, the idea was that they would go together. But don't miss this little fact that darkness was setting in. Darkness is symbolic of confusion, of lies, of falsities, that we can know exactly what Jesus said and exactly what we're supposed to do. But as soon as things start to get uncomfortable, we lose all sense of direction. So if we were applying the scripture to our lives and trying to see what this would look like in a modern day application, it would probably look something like this. Let's just say that we've witnessed Jesus do something amazing in our lives. I mean, miraculous even, something that has become a spiritual milestone that we cannot deny. And because we've been in such close proximity to him and communion with him, we already know what it is that we're supposed to do next. But as we get ready to take that step, all of a sudden, we don't sense his presence the way we did before. And although we're confident that we're supposed to take this next step, it doesn't seem like he's here. We don't see him. We don't feel him. And it's getting dark, which means the pressure is on. I feel compelled to do something. And now I'm also confused about, did I mishear God? Is this exactly what he promised? What is it again that I was supposed to do next? And instead of waiting, we row. Our agenda, our idea, our understanding replaces Jesus's agenda. Because remember, Jesus's timing is perfect. So if he wasn't there with the disciples, if he's not here with us, it means it's not time to go. The disciples' agenda shifted from following Jesus to following their own idea of Jesus' schedule. In what ways have we assumed to know when and how Jesus would have us to move and to act? Are we guilty of getting ahead of God, thinking that we're accomplishing what it is he wants us to do when Jesus isn't even in the boat? Like, what were the disciples going to do in Capernaum without Jesus? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. In the same way, we're limited in what we can do when Jesus isn't with us, which occurs every time we get ahead of him by prioritizing our agenda over his. Now in verse 18, it says, a high wind arose and the sea began to turn. How many of us can attest that when we get ahead of God, we forfeit the protection of his presence? Let me say that again. When we get ahead of God, we forfeit the protection of his presence. Scripture goes on to tell us that after the disciples had rowed out about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. He was coming near the boat and they were afraid. This is a clear picture of the heart of God. It's one of the reasons why I love him so much. Even those times that we attempt to get ahead of him, 
Jesus is able to meet me right where I am. Sometimes through extraordinary circumstances like walking on water, things I've never seen, imagined, or perceived before. And sometimes those things can be frightening. But he reassured the disciples and us that it is I. Don't be afraid. It goes on to say that the disciples were willing to take him on board. That's so important, that willingness, meaning Jesus was waiting to be invited onto the boat in the same way that Jesus is always waiting to be invited into our hearts, to be invited into our plans, our lives, our circumstances, our agendas. Trust me, Jesus is confident about who he is. If you don't get anything else from scripture, know that Jesus was confident in who he is and what he came to do. He knows the time that he saves and the value that he brings, but he's never going to force you to allow him into your boat. Now, the Sea of Galilee is about eight miles across, so it's small and very modest by sea standards. But the disciples had rowed almost halfway across, it says three to four miles, when they saw Jesus coming and they were willing, it says, to take him onto the boat. But scripture says that once Jesus was invited into the boat, thank you, God, they arrived at their destination immediately. Now, maybe Jesus turned their rowboat into a supernatural speedboat. It's possible. I don't know. Or maybe their attention was so fixed on him that they didn't realize the distance that they covered and it just seemed like such a short period of time. Either way, if inviting Jesus into our boat, into our agenda, means reaching destinations more quickly, I want that for us. I want that for us. Jesus gives us a chance to correct, to always invite him into the boat, to be willing to take him back on board. And so as we work with trying to align our hearts with Jesus and his kingdom agenda, I want to just pray this prayer over us. Lord, help us to realize and to release these ideas that we've concocted of time, telling ourselves when things need to happen and how things have to happen, using limited understanding of what you're doing and letting that be determinative of what you have planned for us and what we believe is possible for us. In every way, Lord, and in every area of our lives that we've gotten ahead of you, forgive us. And as you meet us where we are, in ways that may seem scary or new or different, open our hearts to embrace you and to welcome you back into the boat of our lives. We allow you, we encourage you, we plead for you to sit on the throne of our hearts and to lead us and guide us because we know that with you we are safe and that you will get us exactly where we need to go. Help us to have a personal encounter with you today that reassures us that you are near and that we do not have to take this journey alone. So friend, if your agenda has gotten you ahead of God and or out of alignment in any way. It's okay. Jesus can meet you right where you are. Don't be afraid. And also don't be stubborn. Invite him back onto your boat. I promise you, you'll get where you're going a whole lot faster. And who knows? Maybe it'll be a miracle. I love you. I'm Shania. 
This is Rooted. Thank you.